Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. Um, well, Scotty, being yes. the only one with podcast experience, you want to kick us off? Sure. So what is the, what is the title? We don't have a title yet. No, no, no. Oh. We do have a title because Vic's in charge. Oh, of we have the title. Titles. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Uh, the podcast title is the Ross Family Matters Broadcast. Gotcha. <laughs> and we're going to get Riley to edit in the theme song from Family Matters. This is all so you can do that video, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Because <laughs> you really, you wanted to do this Have video. Have you ever been told the idea of the video? No. All right. Do you vaguely remember the open yeah. to the show Family Matters? I do. I want to reenact the open to Family Matters with members of the Roths family. Who's Urkel? At this point, it doesn't matter. Okay. What really I matters is what know. really matters is we check the list of names that have been in the Ross family, and we pick the one that was in for the shortest amount of time, and that's the one who gets to be the little girl who went upstairs and never came back. Oh, like she it. went on the porn. There was a dangerous upstairs. You didn't know that? I did not know that. Oh yeah, she went on the porn. <laughs> she definitely went on to porn. At that age? Because that's creepy. I hope not. No, no, she was older. I know. If you listen to, to Robert Downey Jr., it's probably not out of the realm of possibility. Oh, God. <laughs> Kelly might be on. Who knows? Welcome, America. Whoa. Whoa. To the first ever Ross Family Matters podcast. I... And hot shot Scott Williams. Victor Stick Ross is to my left, which you probably can't see that, but it doesn't matter. Across from me is Jack Spade, and to my right, Prodigy, who this was partially named after. Mm. And it's early in the morning, and we're doing this. I got my shock top going. Yep, drinking at about 8 in the morning yep. is what the Prodigy is doing. Yeah. I just want to point out to both listeners <laughs> that if this sucks... Blame Spade and Prodigy because I have fought this tooth right. and nail for quite some time. Yeah, episode one. I refuse to be a part of this. All right, that's a quote from Vic the Stick Ross. That should be the starring title. Vic the Stick Ross. So, the backstory is, and I want to thank these guys for being here. Is I just had my ACL reconstructed. I think is the proper oh, term. So you know, there's screws in my knee. I had a surgery. I can't wrestle for. You know, maybe ever. We don't is, know. Uh, is, that, uh, is that your knee? That is, is my knee. But all of it? Yeah. Hey. I don't think it is. Okay. There's a part of a dead guy or, or lady, could be a lady, in my knee yeah. right now. Wasn't there a movie where, like, somebody got a ligament from somebody else and it was a serial killer? And I think it was eyes. I think so. They were it? eyes and it was and Jennifer Lopez, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah Jennifer Lopez really got a serial killer's that. eyes. Uh, I will point out that it's odd to have a dead person inside of you instead of you inside of a dead person. That is quite the uh, role reversal. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah, it's like everything's come 360. <laughs> so basically, you fucked your knee up. Yep. And up. you decided that you wanted to do a podcast to stay relevant. I need to stay relevant. People uh, need to remember me. So are we? So this is the worst idea ever. Yeah, let me clear something up. Are we working blue? Is that okay? Oh, we're yeah, okay. we're definitely working blue. You're fucking right. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if Riley wants us to, but we are. Oh, yeah. Oh. Sorry, Alex. Probably not the worst thing that's happened to Alex this week, though. So. <laughs> 
Uh, so, so how many things are in this? By the way, the formalities are done. We kicked off the show. That's as formal as I think this thing is going to get. Yep. <laughs> but we have one down. We have a hat filled with suggestions, topics. There's probably. 200 in there at this rate. Yeah, a, a lot of paper folding. A lot of paper folding happens. So if you guys yeah. hear paper folding, which you will, because that's it's ridiculous. You that's me. Next to the microphone. Believe it or not, it's not Vic the Stick Ross folding the papers. It's uh, it's also not my hat. It's Jim's going out hat. Oh, the fedora. Prodigy's going out hat. Look, don't be jealous because you don't look good. From the Tom Landry collection. So oh, I get it. Where's goes your, with uh, my fur coat. Where's your cigarillo and gold chain to go with it? (laughs) So everybody realizes that there will be stories that we tell from... But all these topics that are in his hat, this is not a straight wrestling podcast. There is stuff that encompasses race car drivers, um, (laughs) topics that probably we don't even understand that we're going to try to talk about, which is always fun. So So we're mixing it up. Anything that anybody put into the thread where I went on to Facebook and I asked people what they wanted us to talk about, which most of the people who responded don't know us from wrestling, uh, responded. Um, There's probably enough there for like a dozen shows. That's if that. I mean, we can... So the thought I had was we pull it out and we talk as long as we can and we riff as long as we can and we'll know when it's not, you know, funny anymore. And then we can change it up. So now... Yeah. Okay. Now is the time. All right. Hey, I'm, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm, I'm shaking it up here. Uh, you got to have this one in there before you can oh. shake it up. All right. No peeking. I'm not peeking. Is this like the... Oh, there we go. Oh, Family Matters. Anybody know the word? Be on the lookout. We waited 30 seconds. We're using YouTube to fill time. This is this is how I, I this is my old man uh, story for this part. I remember back when they used to have theme songs on TV. Right. You needed, and this will be a topic for another time. You needed a good song to have a successful sitcom in the 70s and 80s. Look at this guy signing up for episode two already. Oh yeah. He's all in. Once I'm in, I'm all in. The post-it stickiness. Would you just take the, one of those no, out? The post-it stickiness of the post-its are not letting them I mix really properly. I don't like my fedora anymore. So, no, it's I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm all in like Sunny Beach at the buffet. Oh, oh. You know, I followed him once in a, in a, in a buff, buffet line, buffet line, buffet, Jimmy no, Buffett line. Buffett. I followed him in a buffet oh. line, and in my potato salad, I found a ring. I believe so, you. All right. So, uh... Prodigy has pulled the first oh. subject out. Yeah, Can topic you, number one. It's the one you threw in. Already? Out of, oh. out of everything fixed, it's the one that you threw in. Uh, it says turtle. And, <laughs> oh. and so I'm wondering if this is in reference to the midget that I look just like or what this no. is. You don't remember Turtle? Were you never in a car for Turtle? I remember oh, Turtle. Oh, he knows all about yeah, Turtle. But I just remember the other Turtle as well. I guess I was wondering, is that a topic or were you just warning us? It is a topic. <laughs> okay. I think the world needs to be exposed to the okay. game of Turtle. So this is how well this hat works is I've put in 300 sheets of paper probably. And the last one the, in. The very last one in. Is the first one, which is the only one that Vic wrote, is the one that we pulled out, and it's 
It's fucking turtle. It's right. turtle. Yep. Jake, why don't you lead off and tell us about turtle? All right, turtle's a game you play on a road trip. It's a disgusting game. It's a pretty good time. At least three of the four guys in the car are gonna hate you while you giggle incessantly. Basically, you uh, you relieve yourself of gas, <laughs> and then you announce turtle, and then the windows go up and the heat goes on high. And you wait to see if somebody's going to tap out. Yeah. Now, the best part about this is when you stop at the gas station and Vic's like, let me get some of that strawberry milk. Ah, ah chocolate milk. milk. And ranch dressing. Uh, that's that's thousand Island. Thousand Island. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, where, who is the originator? Fucking bubblegum. Oh, okay. uh, no, 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 no. I cannot take credit. This is a chaos game. Oh, this yeah, is a yeah. Chaos yeah. and Steve Santana game All right. from way back. And where did they get turned well, from? Well, They're dirty anuses. <laughs> Let me tell you this. That is actually the mild version of some of the games that Steve and Brian used to play. Yes. Um, for example, without getting too graphic, you never wanted to be in a public restroom where the two of them were doing their business next to each other. Right, because they would volley soiled toilet paper at one another. Yeah. Yeah. Affectionately so. known as Shit Wars, by the way. I can tell you that I... So they got the name Turtle for their car. By the way, you just ruined the whole show. Um, they, got... <laughs> 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 they got the name uh, Turtle for this car game, but when they're throwing soil, toilet paper at each other, they just call it Shit Wars. Shit Wars, yep. yep. <laughs> so is it because... Is it Turtle... Because you're going into your shell? I think it's called turtle because you're pushing and there might be a little head peeking. Oh, yeah. I think that's <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. uh, <laughs> think that's where that name comes from. Oh, look, a hat. No, no, so it's thankfully, not time. thankfully we weren't yet. talking it about turtle soup. No, we no, can't you move can't. on. We're not moving on yet. Until we we're tell the on. infamous yeah, we're gonna tell. Buck Brooks turtle trap. Oh yeah. Can I, can I, just real quick, I think the the person who hated turtle the most out of anybody in the history of our travels was TC Washington. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. So T, how many road trips has TC Washington gone on with us? One and one only. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so this show was an elite pro wrestling show unfortunately, I think. No. Oh yes. Yes. yes and the, uh, flip the switch, baby. The, the switch. Black Horse. In Winona. Yep. And then there was the one in Illinois the next day. Uh, he didn't travel with us. He was at that one. No, he chose to walk. <laughs> After, so, we uh, we pick him up and we're, go, uh, we're going or we're coming back. I don't, it's... It's, it's the way back. It's, yeah, the, way it's back. the way back. So, we probably stopped to eat somewhere. We usually stopped at a truck stop or a terrible... Denny's or a Perkins, because that's fucking Hardee's when we used to Hardee's. Chris. There yeah. was probably some drinking involved. Some drinking, most likely. Uh, and, of course, Turtle starts. Now, I just want to point out, I never started Turtle. I'm not a... I'm not good at Turtle. I'm very in control of my bowels. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no. no. If I no. fart, usually means I'm going to poop, right? <laughs> that doesn't sound like you're in control at all. Well, just, <laughs> it sounds like the opposite. I put it together, control. all right? Um, so, the game of Turtles starts, and TC's in the back seat, and TC is just slowly getting deeper and deeper into the collar of his shirt. Yes. 
And I and feel... Then, and then the hood on the sweatshirt came up. Came up. And yep. then the drawstrings on the hood... Shut! <laughs> <laughs> so, there was no T.C. Washington in the backseat. Someday, when we have a little bit more time, or we revisit this subject, I want to tell you about my turtle story involving liver... Do it. Jason Masters and a certain indie wrestler's girlfriend. I'd love to I'd love to be here. Let's do it. Let's break it down. Well, I'll make I'll give you the brief version. So, I can at times, not always, but at times I can have some really heavy protein-laden gas. Okay. <laughs> and one day, it smells a bit like nuts. Yeah. Well, one day I decided to help myself to three plates of liver. Oh. Which obviously is Chuck full of protein. Can you stop right there? Like, what What the fuck, Scott? It gets better. How fucking old are you that you're enjoying three plates of liver? Liver yeah, is that's good. Like, it's hard that's like to enjoy three plates. Plate. That's like three plates too many. <laughs> well, if you don't, okay, but liver is a love-hate thing. You either you love it or you hate it. It's much like... It reminds me, if you've ever opened up wet dog food and there's that gel on the top oh. of the dog food, it reminds yeah, me You cook that, that, though, first. <laughs> okay. Just so you realize... It's getting cooked. Anyway, so we're at a bar watching a pay-per-view and a Packer-Patriots game. They're going on simultaneously. And I'm sitting on one of these high stools at a two-top table with Jason Masters. Not unbeknownst to me at about, I don't know, rear-end level is a face that's been sitting back there for three hours, not moving, while the whole time... I was letting him go so much that I threw those underwear away and burned them. And it wasn't until I got up to leave that I saw this shell-shocked face, who, for whatever reason, never moved from that position for three hours. Because she had a protein deficiency. Well, not so, anymore. Social contract. She didn't want to be rude. Enough, yeah. man. You know? Uh, so, it seems like maybe Jason Masters' buck has gotten the worst... Of all of the turtling he for def- summer. definitely did. I think he's gotten the worst of a lot of things. Uh, he really got it bad the night we were on our way back from Stevens Point. Okay. Yep. So we were, yeah, we... Was this the Stevens Point show where the brawl broke up? This wasn't even a show. Oh, okay. This was prior to a show we went up. To do the pub before sure. the show. Was I there for this? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely you were. Yes, you were. I got hit in the head a lot. I don't remember. So, we went up and we did the flyering. Lots of hard, hard flyering. Hold we on a second. Worked a whole lot that day. Is this the one It was where... hard. Oh, yeah. This is the battery trip. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The one where Lane spent the entire time fucking some girl. Fucking some girl costing me, cost me $50 on a battery, right. which current Irish interest is at a cool 1.5 mil because so it we, still has to pay me back. We split the town in half, and we said, okay, uh, Lane, you take this half, and we'll take that half. And then so we, we did that, and then Lane... So my girlfriend... Basically, we didn't pub half of Stevens Point because Lane went... And fuck some girls. Well, it was, at, in fairness, it was his girlfriend. We it went, doesn't take that long, though. We went pubbing, he went stupid. Right. We <laughs> Listen, all make our choices. At that point in time, I could go, alright? I lived in a house with Lane at that point in time, and I can tell you now, th- that it did not take a full day, okay? Well, there it, was re- it took like three minutes. And a nap. To reach full coitus. <laughs> and a nap. It's a long drive. Just I'm going to need a nap, need a nap after. Alright, back to topic. All right. The fuck? <laughs> Brooks terrorized. So we finish 
doing the flowering and we meet you guys in the downtown area of Stevens Point where all the shops and whatnot are. And they the McDonald's. Well, the area uh, that means they pumped. Yeah, yeah the one. area you guys pumped. So right, we came yeah. to meet you. And they have the the burrito place. Que bueno. Que bueno, which no longer exists, has not existed for a long time. Arriba. Hold on, it still exists. The the restaurant is no longer there, but the guy still makes hot sauces. Oh. Okay. So uh, we decide to go there, and somebody in our group says, hey, we like really hot stuff, right? Yeah. And definitely the shortest member of the group. Definitely somebody who needs to make up for something. Oh, yep. Compensation. Yep. Yeah, okay. So this guy goes this into... where it all began. He goes into a cooler, which is inside of a locked room, and inside of the cooler there's a safe. And he puts in his daughter's birthday, and he opens it up, and inside is there's a, a bottle, and it's wrapped in a bag, and it's got a velvet bag, and he pulls out this hot sauce, and he puts it on the burrito... Mm-hmm. For the, each of the burritos, the burritos, right? And he proceeds to give them to us, and then we eat them, mm-hmm. and they are—they're hot. Yeah, they're so hot that we're cussing as we're eating. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> um, I didn't finish my. I finished maybe like a like three inches of mine, and then I wrapped mine up and was taking mine home with me. And it left a stain that that. It, Probably still lives today on your dashboard. The heat of it left a grease stain wow. on my dashboard that still exists. Um, and so, w- turtle started early, 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 and often. Okay. Hold on a second. I don't remember being able to leave the restaurant without each one of us destroying. Oh no, that absolutely happened. And that absolutely. Happened. <laughs> like it was so hot, we immediately had to shit. Yes. So. I don't remember the order. Let me understand, though, with... I I, kind of see where this is going. So how did Masters get the worst of it if you were all... Lamed? Spade? Take it away. So, of course, we stop at some point probably to get drinks, right? And Vic gets the classic turtle drink of about a half a gallon of chocolate milk. (laughs) It's a quart, but go ahead. (laughs) What's your turtle go-to, Jim? What do you get at a at a gas station when you? I don't really play? have a. I don't really have a go to. I'm what? not good with lactose. Mm-hmm. So, so milk. sometimes milk. Milk is a good way to get. Getting go. some sort of dairy. I I mean corned beef hash is mine. Corned beef hash and sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Oh, sauerkraut. Sauerkraut yeah, will get you. Sauerkraut. But either way, we stop at a gas station, and we start going right. At some point, one of you guys decides to turn the child lock on. In. Uh, no no no. That was you. Oh, I... <laughs> you were driving. That was you. No, the, the physical child lock in the door, the switch. That was probably, oh, okay. That was probably me. Yeah, that, yeah you well, were then in Probably him because he had the kids, so he knew about it. Right. Um, and the child lock's in the windows and everything. And we, we're on our way back. We're probably about an hour away. And it's, what, probably six or seven at night? Yeah, yeah right about that. And we go, hey, we should see what Buck's doing. And we have been... Letting go. Yes. All right? We've been letting go to the point where we don't even, like, worry about it anymore because the smell, you get used to. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So it it doesn't even affect us. Okay? So we call Buck, and Buck is not doing anything. What? (laughs) He's not at work or anything. Okay, I get it. So he wasn't with you on the trip. Right. You're coming back. We're coming back. All right. So we decide to pick him up and take him back to my bachelor pad. 
And on a side note, before we go any further, Jim and I each decide to make a pact to hold it in <laughs> until he gets in the car. Gotcha. Go ahead. Proceed. An hour out. <laughs> oh, boy. Which, so they're holding in this gas for an hour. All right. So we get to Buck's house. Okay. And he comes out. What's that, fuckers? And, you know, he's, <laughs> he's already drinking. He's probably smoking. He opens up the door. The door still opens from the outside. Right. That's how the child lock yeah. works. And it's like a Snoop Dogg video, except instead of smoke, <laughs> it's anus. It's smell. So Buck gets into the car, and he goes, Ugh. Ah! <laughs> and then I yell, Turtle! And release! Which is followed immediately by Jim yelling, Turtle! And release! And the story ends with the sound of Buck's fingernails on the window like a cat scratching to get his way out which if you've anybody's seen Jason Masters fingers oh yeah yeah picture a dog racing across linoleum <laughs> <laughs> so that is the infamous yeah Buck Brooks turtle trap you know I know we got this hat full of tricks over here but I would love to go back to Stephen's point for a moment when we did that show yeah. We went back to Cape Bueno that day during the show day. Yeah. And I told the guy, I bought a bottle of his mysterious hidden behind his daughter's birthday safe. In a crown bag. royal bag. <clears throat> and I said, we're coming here after the show. Everybody gets the sauce. I don't care if they ask for it or not. Mm-hmm. And we went back to the guy, reopened the store for us, reopened the restaurant for us at midnight. I... Th- I- don't mean to correct you, but I believe that was a thing that they always did where they were open until like 8 and then they closed for a few hours and then they reopened because of yeah. bar business. Okay, so so we went there after the show and we tried to take as many fans from the show back as we could. Everybody got the sauce. So it's just a room full of people gasping for air and dying. Yeah, it was good stuff. Awesome. I remember Scotty didn't get very, he didn't get a very good burrito. His didn't have a lot of sauce on it. Yeah. And I remember him saying, you know, I'm not really feeling it. And he was just knocking his out. And then I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get through a third of mine. And so he took a piece of the flour tortilla off of my burrito, part that I hadn't bitten off of. And he put just the flour tortilla, nothing on it, in his mouth. And he's like, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, I wanted to experience the heat. And I felt like I was missing out. I'll tell you where the real heat was coming from in that restaurant. It's my balls. Was 20 drunk wrestlers all running around slapping each other in the nuts in between yep. bites of super hot burritos. <laughs> there was also the woman who was just there and recording. Yep. Just God all of these wrestlers. Just Somebody out there in the world who will never hear this because we're the only people that are going to listen to it. Um, I'm not listening to it. <laughs> I'm pretty certain that our significant others won't listen to nope. me. Yeah, so maybe not. That's why I wasn't worried about bringing up the thing about Lane fucking. But, but, yeah, there's a video out there that somebody has on their phone of just, you know, eight to ten right. drunken wrestlers um, so, hitting each other in the crotches. We had already been drinking prior to going there. Yeah, we yes. drank at the hall. And across the street on Main Street in Stevens Point, there's a place called Goose on Main. Here we go. And Goose on Main has a See, front I didn't know window the name of that place. That's, that's wide open. Goose. And so Vic goes across the street, and he looks into the window, 
and he starts eyeing up these kids. Wrong, false. <laughs> right. Go ahead. Go ahead. So we end up in the bar. Hmm? True. And we're grabbing some drinks. Also true. And the next thing I know, now I'm probably skipping some steps. Many of them. But I got the <laughs> the classic go-to, which was Vic taking off his hat, taking off his glasses, glasses putting his in glasses the in the hat, yeah. and handing me his hat. And that's when you know shit's about to go down. <laughs> so he said, hold this for a second. And he goes and he gets into a little bickering fight with a, uh, fight with a bunch of little kids that are going to college. Mm-hmm. And these kids are, are, are drunk. They're they're tough guy drunk, so they want to they want to fight, and things kind of like mellowed out after a little while, and then we end up outside with them a little bit later on in the night, and and, and I remember a couple of things about that squirmish, so we got TC and we got a bunch of other guys there, and this kid is in TC's face, and they're doing that middle school you hit me no you hit me first shit, and so TC pops the kid in the mouth. And he's still running to this day. He ran across the, across the Shopco parking lot as fast as he possibly could. TC Washington yeah. goes running after. That was the guy I hit. I don't remember that. No, that was the guy yeah. I hit. I remember TC sticking someone. In the oh, he hit. TC, yeah. TC popped somebody, but I was in the car because I had to work at my legit job at 6 in the morning. Yeah. So we were going to drive back and I was going to go right to work. So I'm trying to sleep and all I hear outside are, you know... This guy who says he, Vic over here, says he didn't start anything. Yeah. Uh, but Vic claims he didn't start anything, but started the whole thing. But uh, TC popped a guy, and they're, they're just jawing back and forth. I can't sleep. I literally got out of my car, walked up to one of the guys on the other side, mm-hmm. hit him. Right. Started ripping his shirt off, and then he freaked out, and he ran, and I chased him all the way around the shop co. I remember a kid going after Vic, and Vic is liquored up as he was. Very. Con- confused this kid for a beer bottle. As he, <laughs> he grabs the kid around the head and tries to twist his head off like it was a twist off top on a beer bottle. And the kid goes to the ground, and I remember somebody else trying to take a swing at Vic, and I went after that dude and pinned him against a car. And I don't remember what all happened that night after that. It was a, it was a good squirmish. Scotty, where the hell were you? I was sitting on the bus stop park bench with Catherine watching Lane chase somebody around Shopco. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, that kid's still running. My, my services weren't needed. You guys, between TC and his uh, hands of steel and uh, Speedy McGinty over here, oh, yeah. and Vic, I, my, I just needed to get a front row seat. TC actually punches super fast. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was great. Oh, yeah. Guy yeah. didn't even realize it. It reminds me a little bit about St. Patrick's Day, but that's a story for me and you, not for Vic and Scott. Do you want to? Do you want to talk a little bit about how that wasn't your fault? No, no. Uh, everything's my fault all the time. So fuck me. All right. <laughs> all right. Do you guys think we've? Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we can go to the next topic. We've talked about turtle. Yeah, let's grab that fedora. Let's see what oh, he's, he's got. I got oh, he's one, got one, one already. Hours ago. All right, AJ Foyt. <laughs> Did you really pull out AJ Foyt? Let's start with why that's so funny. Yeah, why? Yeah, why? Who the fuck is AJ Foyt? Well, he's an IndyCar racer. Yeah, yeah, and that's all I know about AJ Foyt. In fact, I knew he was a, a race car driver. I didn't even know it was Indy. Okay. So that was uh, that was Vic's coworker or former former coworker, coworker Randy Randy, 
who posted that on the thread, he wanted us to talk about A.J. Foyt. Yes. What else would you like to know about A.J. Foyt? Nothing. Uh, okay, well then let's move on. We're moving on. All right. So, a esteemed member of the Ross family at one point in time, uh, one half of the tag team guaranteed to offend Devin Diamond. Oh, sure. So, well, you are the first person who would know Ryan. Mm -hmm. So why why don't you start... Um, your story with like when you met him and how you guys knew each other um i was friends with ryan's brother uh devin diamond his name's ryan uh i was friend with ryan's brother dan for a very very long time and then like 2000 or so in the year 2000 i think me and ryan started becoming more friends and we used to hang out and just watch wrestling and bullshit and then uh Ryan was doing his his wrestling thing with PWF and yeah, um, so PWF or was it Powerhouse at that point? It, it was PWF and then it was Powerhouse and then uh, in two thousand three, yeah, I think two thousand two was the last PWF thing and then two thousand three, uh, Devin Diamond and Dan this this whole gimmick name thing is going to confuse me but they decided to open up SSW um, so they did their own fad and they had a lot of fun doing it uh, brought in a whole bunch of names to try to start things off with the bang and the names all flopped so they grabbed a bunch of their friends and they threw together something the best they could. Uh, it was a fantastic experience. I really enjoyed it. I liked hanging out with my friends and wrestling with my friends and uh, we had a really good time and, and Devin is overall a very good guy. Uh, wouldn't hurt a fly. Nicest guy in the world. Um, and uh, you know, he's still still running strong. Still worked to show a couple months ago, down in Kenosha. Yeah, I don't think he works a lot anymore. I think he's pretty much done at this point. Uh, I, I think he's working as a manager. Yeah, he worked. He worked a match a couple months. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, he, he did. It was yeah. like the SSW throwback thing. Or something. Yeah, it was a uh, four-way. Yeah, it was uh, their hundredth uh, show, if I remember correctly, which was quite a feat. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot of shows. Um, um, so yeah, that was a big deal. I and Devin, I don't remember anybody else really important being there. Uh, but I know I know Devin was there. Yeah. And no. uh, nothing else of any sort of importance happened at that show. Absolutely not. Some moron shredded his knee, but I don't remember who that was. Um yeah, and so Ryan so when I moved back, I had been wrestling in Illinois in a garage or not in a garage, in a basement with my friends who all have since become indie workers down in the Illinois area. Uh, And I came back with my family because my family, my parents kind of had to move back. Lots of stuff happened there. We lost our house, lost all sorts of stuff. It's really, really quite a downer. You're you're really bringing the podcast (laughs) down, bro. You know, it doesn't have to be funny all the time, all right? So, fuck, this is is a backstory, right? Yeah, because even Family Matters had, like, a very special episode where someone got touched. But they didn't do it in the first one. I'm sorry. But either this way. This is before Lane became Stefan or Cal. Yeah. So as soon as I got back, we moved into South Milwaukee into my grandparents' house. Um, and I, because I was 18, and this is the way you think when you're 18, you go, I'm just going to find a place where I can, I can wrestle. You know, I've been wrestling <laughs> in a basement with other guys. Okay. So I, I went down to an SSW show at that point, and. Uh, I'll be honest, I, I thought it was pretty bad uh, as a fan. And I, I distinctly remember sitting in the crowd and thinking, 
I think I could probably do this. Can I just... I, you should finish this. I just want to just yeah. point out that I was at an SSW show where I got yelled at for giving heat to a heel. But anyway, go on back to your... <laughs> so, that's all right. Uh, and SSW is in the hat somewhere. So we'll, yeah, we'll, so get, we in, got, yeah, we'll yeah. get into that. Um, they've come a, and they've come a long way. Just yeah. let's make sure we... Right. Um, they've really cleaned up since I was a partner. Yeah. So I sit through the show, and after the show, I believe I approached Dan, because Dan appeared to be the, the owner. Yeah. He, he was doing the gimmick there mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And luckily for me, it wasn't just like the guy we met in Tennessee who was the owner. He was great. <laughs> um, but Dan said, my brother Ryan does these camps here on Tuesday nights. If you come down, you bring this money. And it was not a lot of money. It was probably like $15, $20. A handful of change. Tens of dollars. It was tens of dollars. If you come down, you bring tens of dollars, you can get in the ring and Ryan will start to train you. Okay? So my first experience was getting into the SSW ring. This is the first time that I've heard that they charged you for it. Well, they didn't. They ended up not taking the money. But they told me to bring it. Oh, all right. Interesting. So I, I think the thought was to charge me at some point, but Ryan being a nice guy, and them not maybe being always as fiscally responsible as they could be with the business, that um, didn't happen that way. Um, I get in the ring with Ryan, and he has me bump. And even further backstory: when I was in the basement, we got this like UW. F video or something where they was like a, I think it was Tom Howard or the Predator or somebody from California. Uh, it's going to be a UPW. UPW. It was a UPW teach you how to wrestle video. I remember that. And they show you how to bump, but they show you how to get up the wrong way. Wow. I don't. I don't know if the purpose of that was to get people just to come and. <clears throat> that that was volume two. <laughs> You had to buy volume two? Volume two, oops, we fucked up. So you've taken the bump. (laughs) Now what? (laughs) But they should, no, like, they show you how to get up to the, so your right arm, you're feeding your right arm. Dude, can I pause this for a second? Yeah. I remember when you first started going in there and you were bumping all over the place, and you were coming out of a basement on mattresses, and you, every single bump, thrashed your head into the mat, and you're like, I'm fine. Now, I had a real bad headache. You hit your head yep. every fucking bump, and you just kept doing it. And I remember, like, dude, that's going to suck later. Suck and then. you were like, no, I'm good. I can do it. I can handle this. This is what yeah. I do. I just land on my head. And it was rough trying to teach you how to tuck your fucking chin. So this, and this is how I broke into the business. Well, look was, at, hang on a second. Look at his neck. <laughs> it is no small feat to tuck that chin. Leave it to Vic to tell the people who are listening to look at Ling's neck. I'm telling you. Hey. <laughs> yeah, if you could just Facebook me or Google me and take a look <laughs> at my neck. Um, so I start bumping. <clears throat> they are surprised, and I started at the same time as Fate, Dennis. Me and him started in the same day. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and so I'm bumping, and... Dennis is bumping, and we're doing better than he expects. Which one of you was Lorenzo? Uh, well, I believe that Fate ended up being the better liked one because he had the cooler entrance. I think Fate was more liked probably because he was Dan's guy. Yeah. And Dan but, ran shit. But, yeah. so, 
And he's trying to get us to, Ryan's trying to get us to show some character. So he's coming at uh, me and he's going, be a monster. Be a scary monster. You know, and anybody who's ever met me knows that that just wasn't, hey guys. Yeah. If he would have came at you, oh, he was like, be a Jake sexual everybody. predator. Be that a sexual would, yeah, predator. that would have been, give me, you been. give me gold. <laughs> we just had our first run and it was just Jake. <laughs> <laughs> hey Jake, uh, get on out of here. So either way. Go through training. Uh, by December, they decide that they're going to put me in a match, which was, I was not, it was not the right time. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that happened. After December, he goes, you have to buy actual gear. We buy gear. We become a tag team. So after your first match. After my first like, match. Eh, he should probably get first, some gear. My first match, I was wearing tennis shoes, blue jeans, one of Ryan's old singlets, and his gloves. Hold on, though. If I remember correctly, you were doing a out-of-the-crowd, I, I was like Devin Diamond. In fact, that's where Jack Spade came from, isn't it? Yeah, I picked the name Jack Spade, so it would be a Because you were like a cart. stalker fan. I was a stalker fan. So in fairness to the no gear, you were con from the crowd. Yeah, so you shouldn't have had gear. Right. You guys needed two more people. And then we could have been the full suit. You could have been the House of Cards. Ooh. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. Nice. You could have, like, Joey Clubs. Yep, yep. Somebody, like somebody right there. Club? I did. Why would you go with I Joey? I did have Billy Club. Billy Club was a choice I had on my list of names. See, now, now I got an idea. Oh. So I see that you have, like, a Devin Diamond, a Jack Spade, um... What's the other one? Million I'm missing, Club. I'm missing cl- no, f- Hearts. Yeah. Something Hearts. And then when you make your turn, you pull out a Billy Club. Here, the fourth member, Billy Club, and you turn right. on Devin Diamond, you right. get the hell out of Yeah. You know who could have played the Heart one? Uh, Jesse. Judge Jesse. There you go. Oh, yeah. And you could have kept like building up, Billy Club's is coming. He's coming, guys. We're going to be complete. And then that's the turn. Oh, man. Nice. It's like a four horsemen thing, but way shittier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, formed a tag team, did the SSW thing for a while, right? Long yeah. time. We're not done yeah. yet. We're not. These guys haven't even talked. Get rid of the hat. Get, put the hat down. You son of a bitch. Don't acknowledge the hat. Nobody can see the hat <laughs> except us. What is this showbiz? Don't talk about the hat. Yeah, that's right. Um. So I left, I stopped at the gas station, I picked up a candy bar. <laughs> All right. So that's how I met that's how I met Ryan. Ryan became my first real friend in the business. Uh-huh. And we were close. He was my first real friend when I got back to the area. Um, did you drift apart? Yeah, eventually. I think we did a little bit, just naturally. Yeah. I mean I started hanging actually I started hanging out with Jim more, Prodigy more, and then yeah, that of kind of faded that way. Um, so I think Ryan, I, I can't thank Ryan enough for, you know, getting me into the business. I shouldn't have been in the business at the time, but without Ryan, without Dan, I wouldn't have ever had Brian or you guys see me at a show. I would have never gotten actual legitimate training, which, you know, here's where the Yarder label comes in because I never actually paid for any of my training. I don't think. Right. I don't think I legitimately paid anybody for any training ever. Well, I'm put the hat down because I'm going to veto and I'm going to bring up our next subject when you guys are done. But but here's the thing, I first of all, everybody listening, he's thanking Devin Diamond for bringing him into business. So now you all know who to blame. Yeah. Right. So yep. if you see Devin Diamond, yep. 
Yeah. You could say thank you for the, the treasure that is Jack Spade. This guy's but in all honesty, though, isn't it funny, circularly, how things kind of work? Like, that stupid Aston Cushion with the butterfly effect. Like, if you don't ever meet Devin Diamond, you never meet us. Right. Like, right. it's just kind of weird how one little moment could have changed. Yeah, so if I go, if I don't go to an SSW show, and I go down the road to what a WOW show yeah. at that time, yep. And I go to those guys and I go, hey, I want to get in the business. What does that look like as opposed to me going to an SSW show and saying that? You, you were there. Mm-hmm. So what does it look like when I go to a WOW show and I go, hey, I, I've been wrestling in a basement with my friends. We're really good. We were in a couple talent shows. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, I mean, they were nice enough. Guys. Like, Andy, Ike would have had you come to camp. And yeah. would have, but they would again, have taken your money. Yeah, they would have charged you. Yeah, and they would have. They wouldn't have let you leave your twenty bucks in your pocket. It wasn't yeah. twenty bucks. <laughs> but um, yeah. But then who knows? Maybe you get into a different circle. Maybe then people are like ah, that Jack Spadey's so arrogant. Maybe you end up being successful instead of. <laughs> Yikes! Um, yeah, who knows? Maybe you're like. I, who knows? But it, it would have been interesting, and then maybe you wouldn't have liked. Maybe the experience wouldn't have been the same. Maybe you'd be like, I don't know, you know, because everybody's training style is different, right? Maybe yeah. It would have been something you just decided you didn't want to do anymore, and that would have been that. You would have been a musician then. So can I can I segue this conversation? I'm I'm curious now if we can have a conversation more about how we ended up all meeting, because I don't remember. Okay, I'll tell you what I know from the beginning. First of all, I will say this real quick about Devin Diamond. I love the guy. He's great. But like everybody in the Ross family, he started out not liking me very much. Yeah. And then I just hang around and then I grow on people and then that's yeah. really how we it might, works. We like, might not have to just... grab the hat again because we can just go off on the subject as long and, and go wherever we want to go with this. So. But I remember Brian and myself were uh, running Rebels of Wrestling. And we were very new to running shows that were actual shows. So Rebels of Wrestling started... In a TV studio without a ring. We just had risers and ladders. And Al Patterson got a hold of us, Brian and I, and said, you guys want to be real? We'll teach you how to wrestle. We'll sell us a ring. Whatever. Can can one of you guys give an Al Patterson speech real quick? you got to organize your people. That's Al Patterson. <laughs> Al Patterson, you know, for all the funny stories, great guy. And again, if it wasn't for Al Patterson, I don't meet any of you guys. Because... I would have eventually just given up on doing the wrestling thing, and you know, I was do, my real goal was to be a sports talk guy, and I would have probably stayed on that path, right? So we're working. We we didn't have a training facility yet, so we were going to Kosciuszko Park and practicing on Saturdays in a boxing ring, yep. a stiff boxing ring, like, and we had started a, a hotline where people could call in and two nine seven. Nine seven zero nine. That's it. I know that number by heart because I called it about a hundred times. Yeah, so did T.C. Washington. He never got that call back from us. <laughs> He's still salty to this day about that, but um, obviously it worked out fine for him as well. Um, so I think Brian was the one who talked to you first. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and to come on down Saturday, we'll be at, you know, we'll be at Kazi, and in comes this... Larger, man, tall, big guy. Like, oh, he looks the part with his overalls on. Yep. He yep. had his full. So wait, you came was... in gimmick? Hey, man, when you're a fat fuck, <laughs> you gotta have some shit on that ain't gonna fall on the ground. So, Vic, what was the gimmick? Uh, 
I didn't have one at first. Really? Yeah. I pitched one. What well, was the one I didn't pitched. have one? What was the one you pitched? I wanted to be a... Uh, Ninja. Hey, you know. <laughs> uh, hey, man, I'm just going to put it out there. I was a fucking mark. I wanted to be a Dudley boy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's not the, the one I'm familiar with. The tape. That's interesting. The tape and the glasses? No, no, I took my glasses off because, you know... Put them in your hat? Probably. <laughs> Well, so the first time I met, you know, we ch- we talked very briefly. You and Brian talked a little bit, and Brian and I used to always, I, you know, Brian and I had this weird relationship where I think he would purposely hate people I liked and vice versa. Like sure. I think he did it on purpose because he was trying to work me, or we were working each other. There was a point that the, you guys were really strong with that, though. Like you guys were a good team, you know, yin we, and yang. We like, were. You guys may have like it, it worked. It certainly it? worked. It's checks and ba- I think, you know, when you're running something, especially with the little bit of knowledge we had trying to do, you have to have checks and balances. Right. Like you have, so it worked. It Our relationship well. worked. I thought it worked really well. But there was always, you know, there was always that, like, I like him. I fuck him. I hate him. You know, I mean, it was that sort of. <laughs> so. Which one of you liked me? Because I don't think either one of you. Uh, neither. <laughs> Jury's still out. <laughs> Not a one. Not a one. So I'm, I'm talking to Brian afterwards. I'm like, so what do you think of that guy? Uh, Brian's like. You know, I don't know, I like him. And I said, I don't know enough about him. He didn't really talk, like, you didn't talk much to me. You were just yeah, like, hey. I've been told I'm standoffish at first. Now, from what I heard, you were kind of in and out that day. You were... Maybe Not that walking. day. Not that day. But we'll get there, too. I'll tell that story. I ain't afraid. <laughs> now, Thanks, I'll, I'll be completely honest, too. So, I, I was all for using him, because we needed people who look legit. Like, I, we had... Brian was big. Diablo was big, but we didn't have enough guys that looked like, hey, if we're going to put on a wrestling show, we want people to go, that's a big dude. Right. So that in and of itself said, yeah, let, I'm good. Let's get him ready to, to go. But I still didn't really know much about him. I, I think it wasn't until we did our first actual show that we even I really even had a chance to talk with you. But the gimmick was interesting because there were a couple other gimmicks around that used farmers. Mm-hmm. Right. Let, let me ask. So you said you guys always kind of butted heads, and you well, you guys disagreed on disagreed. Things. On and then you said both you kind of liked Vic, which I know is bullshit. So which one of you was like <laughs> that fat sloppy piece of shit? No, there wasn't any. Brian. Brian pushed. I, I liked his size, so I was gonna see. Here's the other thing. We Brian and I had these parameters. You could dislike five guys I'm using, and I could dislike five guys using. But if we we had like a list, like this is an absolute no. Okay. And he's like, all right, I'll honor who, that. Who right? was so, an absolute no? Uh, oh boy. It's, honestly, it's hard to even remember back because we never use those people, right? I, I, I just want to know who you guys both agreed was a huge piece of shit. About three minutes ago. I'll, I'll tell you what. Brian would be perfect to ask that because he has a memory like a friggin' elephant. Yeah. Like, he remembers... And an ass like one Every every, <laughs> every minutia detail of the time. But, but like... Um, like, for example, I loved, just not to, we'll get back to the Vic story, I, I loved Romeo Valentino, and Brian hated him, but but didn't hate him. Like, liked him enough to put him on the shows, but then, you know, so, so my top five, like, these are my favorite five guys we're using, were always different than Brian's favorite five, right, right. you know? Right. Except I think we all agreed on Diablo. Like, he was, like, just, he was in both of our top fives all the time if we were putting a list. Yeah, JJ was a man. Yeah, just an awesome dude, man. So, we're coming up with a gimmick, and I was stuck on the first impression I had, which was the overalls. Right? I'm like, 
He had overalls. He looks like a farmer. So somehow between whether it was you and I and Brian or me and Brian or Brian, like we came up with the idea that we're going to make you a farmer. And I know that it wasn't your favorite gimmick. It was not. In fact, I know you hated it, and it gets worse when I tell you about the stable that we built for him. Fuck the stable. It was the song. Are you kidding me? What was the song? Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> Cotton Eye fucking Joe. Only for one show, and then we changed it to Black Sabbath. It was Black Sabbath. So I don't remember what song. We only stuck you with that. Uh, I think it was Children of the Dead, right? Children. It was a good song. It was a. Better, it was a good song. Yeah. It was a better song. So you only got stuck with Cotton Eye Joe for one show, and then we passed it on to Redneck Rick. Oh shits. What was that, the song or the show? <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay. Um, but so the gimmick, we're like, all right, so now I'm, I'm, I'm just fixated on the overalls. So we're doing a farmer, damn it. And he's going to be a farmer. But we didn't know what to name him. So there was already a farmer wrestling for another promotion in town. Really nice guy. He was wrestling as Farmer Vic. Right. Still, to this day, a great guy, Vinny. And, and to, to point out, Vic's name isn't actually Vic. It's Jim. So it's he Jim, comes yes. in, he, he's... Jim and... Yeah, he's so Jim. We, like, haven't, we haven't developed Vic Ross yet. Right, no, no. We're like, okay, so I want to be a farmer. We have a farmer, Vic, and we also have another farmer that's running up and down the Indies called Haystacks Ross. Right. We're just going to combine the two, and he's going to be Vic Ross. Did you, uh, that's how you came up with your name? I didn't come you up didn't with come it. Up did, with you have any, so, did you have name ideas? Did you know what you wanted to be called? I didn't really. Right. Uh, the only thing that I added to it, and in hindsight... This is perfect. I, this is perfect. I love it. I didn't want to just be Vic Ross. I wanted to be something else. Yep, we didn't have a stick yet. So uh, I was the Southern Assassin. <laughs> yes. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. The Southern Assassin. Yeah. Vic Ross. Vic Ross. Yeah, that was me. With the overalls and the black side. Yep. Now understand at this time when when we were coming up with gimmicks for people, if they had a really strong idea or they were, we would. Usually tried to let them run with it, but we weren't sure. So that's different nowadays, though, right? Because people walk in. Now, I came up with my gimmick, but I started an SSW, which we all know was not your typical indie fed. So I was able to walk in and develop my own character, which was terrible, by the way. But um, I still don't know what it was. It was the Prodigy. You know, no, I, I know what the name was. Right. The point is, is like I walked in and I created my character. Lane came in later, paid fifteen or twenty dollars, and was and given a character. You no, were given a character. I wasn't given a character. Scotty, I, you probably created your character, right? Because you, you guys kind they of knew they wanted. Wrong. They I knew did. they wanted to stick how, me with Ryan. So how does this work now? For guys breaking into the business now, do they walk into a place and they're like, uh, "You're going to be the fucking ninja"? I, I can uh, tell you from the little bit I've seen, like okay, even like with BCW and some of their trainees. They get them ready for the ring, and then as, you know, in, in their case, Frank, Matt, some of those guys will look at them, and, and I'm sure there's a little bit of, a, like, give me an idea of what you think, and then they can go, well, I don't see that. Let's try to do this. Right. You know? And if anybody knows anything about that, it should be Matt, because God knows what his gimmick was for 12 years. Sure. sure. A lumberjack, wasn't it? Well, Named I th- a soup. <laughs> a stew. It's a stew. A stew. It's a Whatever. stew. But, but I think there's still a little bit. Because sometimes, sometimes a guy can walk in and you can, like, he looks like this, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and then it's easy because like, you look like a surfer. And we haven't had a surfer in town for a while. Right. Or, or uh, for crying out loud, um, Isaac. 
uh, he's a Samoan. I mean, what else could he be? Right. 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 You know, I'll, t- I'll tell you, most people that walk in, they have they pick a, a gimmick like I did that nobody has any idea what the actual gimmick is. Mm-hmm. And when you're breaking into the business. And you, you you think you can walk in and be Stone Cold Steve Austin? Whoa, and Jim! Know what the fuck that is. That's exactly the People problem, have though. No idea what you want. Everybody who came in when Al was training us that were coming wanted in new wanted to be Stone Cold, including right. freaking Ed Riley. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Garbage. But anyway, they all wanted to be Stone Cold. They all wanted to be no selling. Badass pseudo baby faces. Well, that's not what I meant by that, but that is true. But I'm saying, like, people come in and they think, oh, well, I'm going to call myself this, and everybody's going to know who I am. Nobody knows who no. the fuck you are. No, that's true. I think a lot of times when we get booked on shows now, we get booked a lot against green guys because we can give them a character. Like, if you look at uh, when we go up to lacrosse, we get booked with these guys and we end up building them a character through. Sure. Our story. I think Isaac's a great example. You guys made yeah. him into something kind of huge. Not, yeah. not for that. No, I'm not and saying it he even... didn't have a hand in it. And I'm not saying that he's not. You guys did a good job of putting him over. And it, and it wasn't even the Samoan gimmick at that point. It was just right. uh, a decent guy who is Samoan. Right. <laughs> and we kind of took him. And to again, I'm not taking that. anything away from him. No. He, right. He's fantastic. But. And a, and a gimmick's money. Well, as a right. matter of fact, uh, what we did with Isaac, it meant that he had to take the ball and run with it afterwards. Right. We had a couple of guys that we worked with in that run that we really helped establish. Right. And they went nowhere because they didn't know what to, what the fuck to do. Right. 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 And and that's what sucks about people. Like if you don't have like a good basis of somebody in the locker room that can like tell you what you have to do from this point and keep you going. A good booker, a good show promoter. And that's part of the problem though with some indie federations too. And and, and what I love about the fact that now that I've I've been mostly ring announcing, it was part-time wrestling up until about a year ago, but I get to spend a lot of time in locker rooms without having to worry about a match that I'm planning for, right? So I get to observe how some locker rooms people are like you know, hey, here's a new guy, let's work with him, let's try to help the young people. In some locker rooms, everybody's segmented in their little pods. Well, that was my, Milwaukee's terrible for that. Terrible for that. I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of politics and a lot of factions, and nobody wants to help anybody out, because heaven forbid somebody move up and actually take your spot. Well, and let me, and I want to get back to the Vixter, but let me also just say this, and and they don't do shows anymore. The most fun I ever had wrestling, wasn't running Rebels, because that was work. Right. I mean, it was a lot of work. Um, you know, you do all this build-up, and then you do your match, and then you watch the show, and then you're on to promoting the next show. But SSW mm-hmm. um, I totally agree. was great. But SWE was my coup de grace. First of all, getting a chance to be part of the, the Ross family and the angle there was, was amazing. And going to those shows was almost like akin to, like, my night out, right? Yeah, we were getting paid to fuck around. Right. 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 And so working for Chris was just, it was a lot of fun, and I really wish that it would have continued, yeah. um, but it didn't. But anyway, so now, when I was in with, with SWE, it was just amazing. No, I totally agree with you. I had a lot of fun in SWE, and maybe I didn't have as, as, as much experience there as you guys did. 
my favorite locker room, hands down, was always SSW. It was safe. It was a safe zone. You could really do anything that you wanted to do. And it was more like spending a day hanging out with friends than it was going to work. Mm-hmm. And I found that when you go out to Minnesota or, or, you know, wherever it may be, there are points where it was work. Sure. And, and I didn't necessarily enjoy it. And I don't remember having an SSW show that I didn't actually enjoy going to. Now, SSW, the butterfly effect, right? So I didn't work as many shows because, again... Much like the rest of the Ross family, Dan and Ryan, I don't think, loved me that much. Um, I thought they, they thought that I was more critical of things and, than Brian was. And really, I had the same goal for, the, for everybody there as Brian did. I wanted to partner with him, but whatever. I met Chris Hansen at a show, sure. working a show, which then allowed me to work for Chris. So, again, right. things just kind of all fit in. Because otherwise, Chris Hansen would never have known me from Adam. And right. why would he have, you so, know... So staying on track with that, Vic, how did you end up meeting everybody? How did you? That's uh, kind of where we're at. Like, yeah. So anyway, so last piece about this, Vic, I liked them. I wanted him to lead a stable. We had slim pickings for people we could fill around him. So you know, redneck Rick, Joe, great guy, love him to death, and Harley Hellcat ended up being, um, being that, being his stable. He was the leader of that group. So right. it was a lot of fun. Now, wait, Harley Hellcat was? Oh yeah. He was the, the guy no, in charge. he was the guy. I was in charge. Of Hel- Harley oh. Hellcat. Okay. Uh, come on. So from Vic, and then through the SSW, Vic will... that I met you guys through relationships with Brian and, and, and Vic. So right. That's, there was a, I think I met you because there was a stint where you guys were bringing Rebels back. Mm-hmm. And Brian had... I showed the whole crowd your dick. Yes. Oh, my uh, at the Rebel a, show, yeah. That's a whole different story. I believe this is the part where I say, i seen it! <laughs> Tanner Paul Banquet Hall. Um, a downstairs bingo, upstairs wrestling. The feast and, was small that day. <laughs> and uh, it was cold. It was cold. I remember being very cold in there. Enough about my dick size. So we went, uh, we met you through Brian, who <laughs> had a relationship with SSW at that point. Mm-hmm. Brian came in and started working with some of us and training us. Yep. And you guys wanted to run Rebels again, and so uh, we met that way. Yeah, and remember, too, like, that was a time where we, the only reason we had stopped running was because we lost their building. Sure. Um, we had a couple buildings, um, and the last one, we were working at a VFW hall on Lapham, and it got sold. Now, I'm trying to remember the first place that we ran a Rebel, that I was on a Rebel show with you guys. It, the, that uh, was the Agape? Or Agape. Was that, that was probably the Agape. Agape we did love. a show at the Boys Club, yeah. yeah. And I think I worked TC. What was that? Yeah, I think it was TC. I think I remember, and I don't remember all the details. I was a baby face against Jake. I remember being mad at you on that show. Oh, I believe it. Because there, and I don't remember what the spot was, but I said, "Don't do this spot." Right. And then you did it. So I was I like, known for that. Don't think about elephants, and then I think about elephants. The odds of us all coming together and becoming the Ross family or becoming friends is not good because from the point where I broke into the business. With SSW, to the point where I started to branch out and go to other places and train with people, I didn't like pretty much anybody I met. And because of that, I had this big conception that most of the people in the business, and you know, I probably still have that from time to time, are not good, friendly, nice people that you want to hang out with, that you want to be around. Like, everybody was a piece of shit. And you know that—that's just the way it was for me. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I, that's the Milwaukee scene. That'll do it. The SSW with the PWF thing at first, 
and then going to ACW and having my issues with certain people there, right. moving around, going to all these different places, people threatening to kick the shit out of you, that sort of stuff. That was the vet thing for me because I wasn't seen as legitimate because I came from the SSW thing. So for you guys... What I think is funny, though, is there's vets that are on the circuit right now that were part, that did shows when it was PWS. Like before it was SSW, yeah. that came from those same backgrounds, and yet they're not held to the same scrutiny. Yeah. Which, I, which fuck, I'll say it, dysfunction. Dysfunction started in PWF, and he's all over the place, mm-hmm. and nobody gives a shit about that. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's weird how that works. But, oh, here we go. I was just going to add in, in Kurt's defense that he did go through training with Mid-American, and that was a big helping hand. In, Extensive in, training, in, yeah. Yeah, in yeah, his legitimacy. And, and, and so a little bit of difference here. They could actually say, oh, look, he was trained by Frank. But, but I guess Chris Black also went through training with Mid-American. Mm-hmm. And he gets held to a different level. I don't know if it's that way now. Okay. But Chris Black went to the same. That's a fair argument. So yeah. He went to Mid-American because I didn't think no, he, he did. started. he started with Mid-American. They wanted to make him a ref. They didn't want him. If I remember Chris, well, I don't want to speak for him, but I think he was part of Jeff Briggs's. So back in the day, uh, Jeff Briggs and Frank DeFalco opened up BCW, and they had a falling out because Jeff Briggs ended up being bogus, and yeah. so the talent got kind of split. And Jeff took T.C. Washington, Eddie Brown, and uh, Chris Black. Uh, James. So he took them, and then when everything fell through, what was it called? R.E.W.F. R-E- it was R.E.W.F. It was right, R.E.W.F. Right. So when, when R.E.W.F. started ha- crumbling and they started having their problems, and I think they made it through all of one show with Frank and the ring fell apart. Yeah. Uh, Frank heard... Two matches. Two matches, yeah. One in the ring, one without. The second one saved the show. That's right. According to Pete. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Thanks, Pete. That's good. We threw in some inside jokes. Um, so, but uh, Frank heard that Jeff fell through. And so he wanted to grab Chris Black and Eddie and TC and bring them over to BCW. And that was the point where I met them because I was coming back off of my injury. I was up there by Frank training with Matt Nyes with SSP. And so they came up. I remember that happening. Hey, this is what's going on. These guys are available. And Frank making that phone call standing in front of everybody like, hey, get these guys up here. And so they ended up going to BCW and they did their training through BCW. And that bled into ACW as well. But I don't remember Mid-American no, he, part of that. I think he was in Mid-American before that, and he paid for training through Mid-American, and they okay. just never wanted to put him in the ring because they didn't see him as a worker. They saw him as being too skinny right. to work. But in fairness to, to, to Mid-American, is that was their MO. I mean, they had guys that were bigger in stature. They It was before the, the, the era of wrestling changed where they were using... For lack of a better word, cruiserweights. I mean, I don't know that. And not only that, not only was Carmine booking bigger guys from here, he was also bringing in guys from Kentucky yeah. through IWA. Mid-school. Kentucky and Chicago, because he was bringing Chicago, in Punk yep. and Cabana. So, yeah. Now, here's a story get it. that maybe you guys never knew about me. I went to one Mid-America show. One Mid-American, excuse me, show. And it was before SSW started. So in 2002, uh, Dan and Ryan have, from SSW, they had their, their last match in PWF. They wrestled each other. Uh, Dan wrestled as Black Widow, and Ryan was whatever, Ryan, Ryan Valentino or something like that. So, or Ryan Valentine. 
So they wrestled each other during that show. I did a run-in, and then it, it was a lot of fun, and I, I enjoyed it. And then they started talking about building this SSW. They wanted to start their own fed. Uh, but they didn't really know what to do with it. And so I get a phone call from Ryan one night. It's 6 in the morning. 6 in the morning, okay? And Ryan's at the hilltop. And he calls me. He's like, hey, uh, do you want to join me for breakfast? And I said, uh, okay, hold on. I'll, I'll Just pause for a second. Shoot. Uh, two things. Yes. Number one, it was called the hillside. Whatever. And number two, it was a seedy titty bar. The worst. Uh, it was the worst. It was not the worst. <laughs> Come on. It was the second worst. The Camelot right next door was so, the worst. So All right. Ryan doesn't, and I was getting to that. Thank you for stealing my Ryan, Ryan doesn't tell me what it is. He says, hey, I'm, I'm grabbing breakfast at this place. Do you want to grab breakfast? And I was working at 13. What kind of strip like, club has breakfast? Uh, the worst. The, the worst. <laughs> so, so I went into this place, and then I get there at six in the morning, and I realize that it's a third shift breakfast at a strip club. So I walk in, and fucking Skeletor's in the shower on display, and I was like, "Oh Ooh. fuck's sake!" Okay. So, and they got you know girls of big size dancing. And I was like, okay, cool. This is really exciting. We're hanging out. And I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, Ryan never... Ryan was the kind of guy who we used to watch TV, and he would turn away when people kissed on television. Oh, my. So I'm hanging out at a strip club with the guy, and I'm like, this is good. We'll hang out here. This will be good for a little bit. Did you guys go to the sc- and- scrambled ads for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> no, they serve fucking breakfast right there. Oh. So, so you know, you got your, your, your eggs and your bacon and your God knows what. Yeah, and, uh, Syphilis. <laughs> and so there's a guy there and he's running the DJ gimmick and um, Ryan ends up winning tickets to a Mid-American show. Okay. Turns out this guy DJs for Mid-American as well or something like right, that. So right. he auctions off some, or uh, whatever, he gives away some tickets. Ryan fucking wins. So me, Ryan, and I think Dan, and, and I don't remember if there's anybody else, we go to this Mid-American show to watch it and kind of see what, what they wanted to do with SSW at that point. Uh, they wanted to kind of see how the show ran, and they really wanted to pay attention to the small details. I thought it was a really good show, mm-hmm. uh, but that's the one Mid-American show that I've ever been to, and it came from the strip book. I'll, I'll tell you what. The worst I, strip book. So just since we're being honest about stuff here. So we went to a lot of Mid-American shows. Yep. Um, like every month, and it was honestly Mid American before even before we met that inspired me and Brian to like want to do wrestling shows. And and in fairness to Carmine, obviously we never did as well as he did with his product, but it was because his product was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in, when we were going, I, well, that's where you guys got your training, right? Well, we got trained with Al Patterson. Okay, because I right. thought Brian got some. At he saw well side. some. Carmine wanted to use them for some stuff, but Brian was hesitant to do. Brian was Brian held himself back because Brian was so good and so agile for being so big, and he would hold himself back from taking bookings in places that he could have like, I mean, really been a big mid at least midwestern star, right? You know, but what was great about and he had a good relationship with Frank for a while at the time mm-hmm. I was working for Carmen. But now, point of, of of truth here, I didn't like the hardcore stuff that they merged into. I was never a hardcore wrestling fan. But when they were a regular wrestling show, there was nobody better than them. And that's what we had always, that was our goal. Like, we just want to be as good as them one day, you know. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and, and that's, I mean, again, Carmine was amazing. And even his hardcore shows, listen, he had fans that liked that stuff. I just, it wasn't my cup of tea. But obviously enough people liked it because... This was the Attitude Era. I mean, there's a lot of people that were into that. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah, Carmine had a really good product minus Axel Future. Come on. You think you ever got that tattoo? No, I don't think the tattoo's done. No. Okay. So, Vic, how did you end up meeting everybody? Uh, well, we covered how I met Scott and Brian. Mm -hmm. uh, first time I met you, you asked me to leave an SSW show. Oh, that's a good story. Yeah. Oh, God. Whoa. Uh, a group of us got invited down by Maniac Matt Mall. I was at the show. To the first ever SSW show. I know the building is Dad's. I don't know what it was called back then. It had a lot of names. It was on Packard JBT's. Avenue. My dad JBT. used to drink there. Okay. Oh, well, it was on Packard Avenue in Cudahy. Uh, we showed up expecting to work, only yeah. to find out that Matt Mahler was blowing smoke up our ass. So we stayed for the show. Uh, tried to get some heat on some heels early, as Scott mentioned earlier. Yeah. And we're chastised for it. Yeah. So at that point, we just went ape shit on everybody and basically acted fools. And, and let me just point out, we have been known to be obnoxious a-holes, mm -hmm. but that wasn't our intention that night. Like, even when we were told we weren't wrestling, we're like, that's fine. We'll, you know, there was a small crowd. We'll be vocal. We'll try to, and again, we were giving heat to a heel and we weren't being, like, we were like, yeah, you suck, you're a yard. It was just like, you know, giving him real heat. And we got chastised by his wife for giving him heat. All right, so I'm going to give you the flip side on that. Whose wife? Number one, I don't remember who all came. But I remember you guys coming in, and I remember you getting in the ring right away. And I remember saying that the ring was loose, and you went, and now Dan and Ryan had just purchased a brand new ring. Somebody went under and started grabbing and tightening the ring. They over tightened the shit out of it. So you had these flat platforms on your corner posts, and they had gone, and you can't. I'm, they, they were bent. bowing. Yeah. They, they were bent bowing. Because you guys had over tightened the shit out of everything. So now you have your corner posts that look like this. And, and and you have all single every single one of those and things are breaking, things are going to shit. And then on top of that, we tell you that you guys aren't working the show, which apparently was a, a maniac Matt Mahler problem. Right. Um, but then you guys had given everybody such a hard time during the show and it wasn't giving people heat. I remember during my match getting shit because by then, I did a By fucking... then, though, it was after we got yelled at for the opening match for giving legitimate heat. So then we flipped the script. Apparently Nye's wife did not take well to Nye's being... Oh, I don't remember any of that shit. Right. I, remember, so, I remember during my match... I remember you guys giving me shit about wanting to be Jeff Hardy because I did a swanton during the match. And then I gave somebody a Death Valley driver, so then they started giving me a hard time about being Perry Saturn and put him in the rings of Saturn and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So it was obnoxious. It mm -hmm. wasn't it, like... It uh, became that, yeah. It absolutely, so it became, absolutely became that. So the following show, and we hadn't realized the ring damage yet at this point, so the following show, the next week, you guys showed up again. Nope. And Not everybody. We had to take... Not everybody, but... The, the, the group of people that showed up again. So we had tried to uh, straighten out the fucking ring after getting, uh, you know, you spent a few thousand dollars on a ring, and after the first show, it's ruined. Oh, so we know. We bought a ring and had to take it and, back. That's yep. And so stuff. so they had to get somebody to flatten it out and re-weld it and re-support things and, because we thought you guys had came in just to rip shit off. So we in thought fairness, you did so it that, on purpose. That was not a well-built ring. That no. Is, 
that but, was not well designed, well thought of. And but for and somebody who just spent a few thousand dollars, you're you're thinking like agreed. But and I don't it, want these guys in defense of these guys because I know I was at the show, but I wasn't tightening the ring because I'm so I had I was up to here setting up our ring at that point. Yeah, we had this heavy cast iron like you had wrench it like right. you had to wrench that thing to right. get it to t- so again that was our only really ring knowledge so yeah so they uh dan and ryan had asked me to ask you guys to leave i remember going out giving you guys your money back asking you guys to go i don't remember how that conversation went but i'm sure it wasn't pleasant it uh it went like this hey you guys have to go no oh. really yeah all right and then you guys sat outside of the building yelling at anybody walking up to the place and telling them that we are con artists and that we're ripping people off and don't fucking go in there and spend your money. I don't know if anybody yelled con artists because it wasn't 1937. But we did absolutely no, 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 sit in a vehicle hey, and slander your there. product. You guys so watch out for these confidence <laughs> tricksters inside this building. Hey, there's some games in there. Get them out. Sunny Beach there, it could have been 1930. Sunny Beach was part of that group. Yeah. They had to listen to him scream that out of his truck and try to hear him over him clanging his rings together on his All right. hand. So anyway, now that Jim has talked for 10 minutes after asking me how I met everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it is. But there, are, there it was an interesting perspective on um, how that first night went. A little bit after this, I don't know how long after it was that you guys started working with Brian. 04, the summer of 04. Uh, give me, so six months, a year? After I had started working? Okay, about a year later. Uh, Brian called me up and said, hey, there's a show tonight. I've been working with these guys. Let's go check it out. Right. Uh, so I went and sat with them. We watched the whole show. And it wasn't the shits. It wasn't good. But it wasn't good. It was I, good. I had seen... Marked improvement, mm-hmm. uh, which wasn't saying much because previously you guys were absolutely the shits. Um, and then you guys had an anniversary show at the Oak Creek Lions. It was in May of 04. And you set up the night before or two nights before? Two nights, I think. And there was some concern about the remaining PWF guys coming down and causing you some static. And ruining your ring. So you two were hanging out. Yeah, I think can't. TC was asleep in a car somewhere, if I'm not mistaken. No, I remember me and Lane spending the night because gasoline burgers. We... Well, there were no gasoline burgers the night that I stayed, stayed with you guys. We stayed through like a couple thunderstorms. This dude stayed with us. I remember sleeping in the ring. Not the, se- not the first night, but the okay. second night I stayed with you guys. And I... Pretty sure TC was asleep in a car somewhere on the ground. Willow right. broke his thumb. Nope, that was not that day. No. Poor Willow. That was not that day. That was overnight. That was an overnight. That was an overnight, but that, that was, was not, not that, that day. day. Alright. Um, that was I was that was my first show back. So anyway, we spent about if I had to take a guess, I bet you I stayed until about five o'clock in the morning with you guys. And we shot the shit, and I figured out that you weren't Complete pieces of shit. Aw. Hold on a second. Thank you. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I read you wrong. You are a complete piece of shit. No. The the, the time that I remember meeting you was at Brian's house. And, well, no. I mean, we had our previous thing we mentioned at the show. But we were at Brian's house. And me and Lane were looking for work. And I think that was the summer of 04 as well. Or coming up on the summer. I started working for RTM in 06, I think. 
06? Yeah. Maybe. That might be right. That's That can't be right. No, you're right. That's wrong. That's wrong. It's got to be 04. So, so anyways, you were working that security gig for RTM. I was. And you said, hey, guys, if you're looking for work, it's not the greatest job, but I can get you a job. And we said, okay, what kind of job is it? And you're like, oh, it's security, kind of overnights, you hang out, and blah, blah, blah. And we were like, oh, man, this is really security. That's kind of a big, so what's the interview like? And you said they're going to ask you what size shirt you wear, and then they're going to get you that size shirt, and that's how you start the job. <laughs> well, did I lie? You did not. No, that, literally. That, they asked for our social security numbers, and uh, they I said, gave what it. size shirt do you yeah. Put that on a piece of paper and throw it in the fucking hat. <laughs> <laughs> so... So here's a question on the offshoot. So there was a time where, for years, so you guys were pretty close with with Vic, Jim, and with Brian. And I know Brian had, you know, gotten... I don't know that we were ever really close, like, really close with Brian. Well, as close as you can be with Brian. Brian liked to keep it... Yeah, as close as you can be with Brian. But but at that point, Brian and I, uh, Brian was... Had moved on. He was with his now wife, uh, Nancy, and he was with her the whole time. Right. So yeah. we weren't hanging out like we used Nancy to. Nancy scared me. Oh, Nancy absolutely scared me the whole time I was training with Brian. Well, it's interesting because I have this thing that I that's been going on for a long time. Where for some reason, my friends' wives don't like me, and I don't understand it because I'm not like, hey, let's go gambling. Hey, let's go to a strip. Like I don't. Like, I, there's always been this weird thing where, like, a lot of my friends' wives are like, eh. Like, I don't know where that comes from. And I, for a while, I, I thought that was, like, I thought Nancy had no use for me at all. Now, I don't want to start any rumors, but my wife may have started a fire. Oh. Just so you know. <laughs> so, anyway. And when you guys were hanging out with Whoops. with Vic, and you guys were hanging out with uh, uh, Ryan, at, at least in training role, yep. I felt like... You know, I got this complete vibe that you guys had no use for me at all. Well, we just didn't like anybody. We were we didn't know who was our friend and who we could trust and who we yep. could like. Because at that point in time, either we knew the seven to ten other people in the locker room that we had broken into the business with and trained with, mm-hmm. or everybody else was either trying to hurt us, right. get us to quit the business, or, you know... Yeah. This ties in with how the Ross family developed in the first place. I needed because somebody to have everybody was out to fuck with us, Scott. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you when you talked about the pros and you talked about, look, man, Frank opened his doors to me. He told me that I can go there and train and work. And then he tried to break my neck again. And so, so the second time, re break my neck. Yeah. So that was going to be my first match back. He was going to hurt me. And I heard about it, so I backed out. And they beat the shit out of Matt Nyes that night for me. And walked shot. So, yes. So when you, when you deal with people like that in the business, and Milwaukee's dirty as shit, and you meet somebody like you who is experienced, and now I, you have maybe a different perspective of it, but for us... You know, you were one of the professionals coming from more of a professional place. Here we go again. This guy's going to fuck but, us, too. But, and you're right. I see where you come that way. But I looked at you guys, and Brian and and Vic and I had talked about it, coming from the same place I came from. Because, no, I mean, I was not... I, Dude, I, it wasn't until way later that we pieced together that Rebels and SSW were somewhat similar. And I say somewhat. But it wasn't until way fucking later. Because right. we didn't know any better from SSW. All we knew was... 
fantastic. All we knew was you came from another legit Fed, and that's how we viewed it. And this guy's gonna try to fuck yeah. us too. There. And Trust me, we had the same feelings. About and what was interesting is, so Brian and I co-ran it, but when it when somebody had to be the evil owner mm-hmm. character, not care, but like I always seem to get the heat as being, well, you owned it. You're gonna fuck us over, right? Not at all. We had the same problem with Brian. Yeah, we didn't. I, we didn't trust Brian for shit. We did not. And no. we because Brian didn't want it. Brian wanted to be a trainer. Brian really was, kind of forced it on us. Yeah. And then he found people that were interested, and it was me, Lane, uh, like Maverick, Kuba. Maverick came a couple times. Fate came a couple they, times. Whatever. Kuba was. So he started. He started finding a following, and then you got the distinct feeling that if you didn't start joining in on this group, that you were going to be falling behind. And that's 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 why I started going. Eventually, to the worst, most stiffest ring in Muskego. Yeah. Through the uh, through the course of it, you you kind of saw that Brian. He softened eventually right. to a point where you could have a decent conversation. But even like there were points where he would pick me up and drive me to the camp, and I wouldn't talk to. Him. I didn't. I didn't want to talk to him because I didn't know. Sure. First um, thing he said to me when I showed up at that ring in Mosquito was, "You ready to throw up?" All right, guys, chair shot practice. <laughs> Which like, that was a joke. I, but, yeah. Right, but yeah. but you know you never know who you can fucking trust. Well, I remember having a conversation. I don't know the years. Years. Honestly, kind of blur, but there was an overnight, and I think you and Lane were working the overnight. But you were there, and he was watching. You were watching Jack Evans on a yeah, and um, I was like trying to like I didn't know much about. It. I was trying to like start a conversation. I was kind of giving you a hard time about Jack Evans, yeah. and you were like just no selling. Like you're like f you almost like yeah, that. and you're probably thinking like why is he giving me? A-? And I really had I don't I didn't have any opinion on Jack Evans, but I was figuring like hey I'll just you know. Yeah. Now we could. Now you can fuck with people. Like right. now we're to the point where we've been in the business long enough where we can fuck with people. I don't think most of the people that we meet when we go to shows think that we're actively there to to mess with them or ruin their lives. Or and that's yeah. a point of pride too, because yeah. that's that's what you believe is going to end up happening to you once you're in the business. Yeah. And we've still stayed grounded, and I really like that about yeah. us is that we stay grounded because we know exactly what it's like to get fucked with. At that point. No matter who I talked to, if it wasn't like the core group of people at that point that Dan and Ryan said these are okay people, right. sure, then they weren't. And don't put it on Dan and Ryan. It was very much so our opinion that. Well, eventually, well, eventually that it became our opinion, but we we were cautious of anybody new. Fair enough. Right. It was it was a, a difficult world to be in, and that's so the Ross family really came from all of that in general because. I can go to shows and get fucked with, and Lane can go to shows and get fucked with, and people are, yeah, I'm not talking about fucking, like, people trying to hurt you, it, right. I'm talking about trying, people trying to fight you after shows, yeah. it was, it was absolutely fight ridiculous, you shows. The, the amount of, I remember standing outside of a bar, and Lane and another guy jawing at each other, and there's this dude next to me, and he's just jacked, it was big. mad. You could say it. It was Matt Winchester. Right. Me and Matt so Winchester. this dude next to me it's is okay. outside, no shirt on, ripped as shit, and he looks at me and he says, "Hey man, uh, pleasure to meet you and everything. I'm gonna beat the shit out of you in a moment, but it, no offense, I just have to." And you know what? And now I'm sitting here, broken neck guy, 170 pounds soaking wet at that point in my career. I've gained some weight, and I'm like, "Dude, this dude's gonna beat the fuck out of me," and I got no goddamn defense. Mm-hmm. And that's not even necessarily fair because that happened at the point where we were kind of out of the 
point where that was happening on a consistent basis. See, now I see that as a point where that was like a turning point. We, when we got out of that, that was the point where nobody fucked with us anymore. Because there's no way from that point on that anybody was going to mess with us as a group. But, and I would like to say, for the record, that I don't have any endearing heat with Matt Winchester or any, any, anybody at this point. I don't think there's anybody I legitimately have anything that I need to be... Yeah, know. I'm not very fond of you, but I'm not going to brain you with a shovel either. Yeah, so. no, I get it. Yeah, I think the only person in this business that I hate is Doug Dillon. So, uh, and, and I have no issues with saying their names right now because it's fair. And Matt Winchester that night told me straight up, he'll never be a fan of mine. He'll never think my work is any quality. But right, because you didn't do the right thing. You didn't pay to train, but that dude came up through Powerhouse. Yeah, but he was trained by Rich Finky. Like, he was so trained but by we, someone. My point is, he knows what it's like to come up through... Not the best fit. Sure. The Ross what our big problem. The Ross family became a thing where we traveled together, we hung together, we rode together because at that point I was ready to quit the business because I thought that it was I, just gonna be a uphill climb. It was just not gonna, worth it. It was and without coming through and doing the Ross family thing and without me and Jim and Vic starting to do really the REWF thing and then just So by that point I cared nothing about the business to the point where we were just going to these shows with people that were legitimately untrained, terrible wrestlers. And our goal, our only purpose, was to to try to get each other to To entertain ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, to entertain ourselves. Mm -hmm. Where we would go out and we would do like the 10 minute lockup. Where we would lock up all the way to the mat and roll out of the ring and roll around the ring lock up up the steps back into the ring and then break the lock sure and then lock up again we were idiots. well and that, so, but at that point I, I get it because you're thinking look if nobody's going to give us a, a, a fair shake let's have some fun with it and do our right. thing i mean what and so, correct me if i'm wrong i remember the person that saved us out of that mess was tc washington no it was him he was with it us was not. tc washington showed up at one of jeff's shows saw that we were wasting our fucking talent in his ring and got us into MCW. Okay. And that's what really got us out of the fucking garbage again. Uh, and then things well, get rolling. you were the one that called Armani. I did place a call to Armani. And started getting us booked with Armani. Which so, would have been where we built the legitimacy would have been working for Armani. At least locally. I yeah. mean, because I think outside of this area, like when you were being able to go up north, Illinois, like you didn't have the same stigma or heat that people were thrusting on you guys here yeah so at least here i think the legitimacy had had to be armani just because like him or hate him armani's a, a, I, and i love the guy but he's a pro right i mean right. so even people who aren't fans of armani can't say his shows are bad because that's not yeah, true at all that's accurate so that by doing that they're like well okay armani likes him enough so so lane we'll, we kind of got an idea of how everybody else how did you meet everybody well, we kind of just got there. Right. How did you meet me? Uh, you met me through the SSW and PWF debacle of what it was. So they were doing all this online jacking, jaw jacking. The fucking message board. I forgot yeah, about that. On the, the SS- oh, Milwaukee Wrestling Message Board. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I remember that message yep. board. Uh, so eventually it got to the point where everybody was yelling at each other online, like, I'm going to kick your ass, I'm going to do this. Right. And I would 
hey, I posted this big long thing about why I got into wrestling and what my thing was, and I'm sick of this online jacking. Here's my address. Oh, right. I put my address right in the, the thing. I said, if you guys want to have an issue, here's where I live. And I showed up to kick your ass. <laughs> well, no, you, had, you were probably pretty high. Probably. Probably pretty high. This was right around your neck the first time. Yeah. And you had been out of the business for a minute. I was out. I broke it uh, September of 03. And I didn't come back until May of 04. So this was during all of that shit. And your mental state was probably not so great. Because you had other stuff going on at that point. I'm a drug addict. Well, there was the drugs. And then there was, you were still dealing with the, the, you know, personal life with your ex-fiance and everything. Sure. So your mental, your mental state was not right. Right. And you showed up, but it wasn't to kick my ass. It was to say, hey, like, I was, you know, what you said was cool. Like, you want to just hang out and talk for a bit and whatever. So we just talked, started talking that way. I remember that. And hanging out that way. I was, uh, to, to get all soft for a moment, I was inspired by your post. Yeah. And I remember that. I, I, I wanted to meet you. And then you all fucked. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I left that part out. <laughs> I left that part out just because some things don't need to be said. But there was yeah. a point in my life I was on so many drugs that I couldn't have fucked if I wanted. To. <laughs> um, you could have taken it. <laughs> which, by the way, wow. I, I wow. wouldn't have hurt. I had no idea he was on all these drugs. All right, right, none. I was either eighteen. I was probably eighteen at that point. You were. Um, I was. Uh, New to the ways of the world. I had never done any drugs. I had never drank. I had never had the touch of a woman. Oh okay. My. Yeah. No. <laughs> Thanks for that. Too. Thanks for that too, SSW. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, it's kind of uh. so. Like it wasn't. There was never a point where anybody in this group sat around and said, "We're all friends now." It was all just kind of. Right. We. Became that from traveling or doing these shows or talking or basically having conversations like we're having right now. Right. Um, and it just... Well, I think Vic and I became good friends from Running Rebels and then I had pay-per-views at my house. And people... It was an open invite. Come on over. We're going to watch pay-per-views. And my favorite story, just a quick aside, is when we had a overdub commentary... Oh, for one boy. of the Rebel shows because the, the it didn't record the commentary. So we had already been drinking. And Stupid drunk. <laughs> and we Stupid did the overdub of the commentary. That was, that was a good time. I'll <laughs> tell you, one of my favorite memories of sitting and watching tape, we pulled an old SSW show, and we were sitting around my house on 41st Street watching it. It was me, Vic, Lane, and Vic smelled fantastic, according to my wife. And we were watching this show on my TV, and every time, uh, it, rest in peace, Cole Peters pulled his pants up, we took a drink. And that fucking guy religiously pulled his pants up. Like, every three seconds. You know what would have helped him so out? I was so shit-faced drunk, I fell down the fucking stairs. Fucking overalls. Yeah. <laughs> overalls. Uh, I fell down the stairs backwards and back bumped on the, on the landing. It was like six stairs, and I think I missed every, all six. 
and just all the way down the stairs, I was shit-faced drunk just from watching one of Cole's matches and, and drinking every time he pulled his pants up. Episode fantastic. one, Jim has substance abuse problems. Oh. That's okay. Well, <laughs> it's, it's like the, the flashbacks and some of those like drama shows. Like, oh, we went back in time. Are we, do we want to do another category? Yes, please. Uh, do, should we? You guys want I think to? we have time for we'll one, one more. Yeah. Dig we'll, deep. Maybe we'll get, on, we'll get on a different... Non, who knows what we're what we'll find. What you got? Banana bread with or without nuts. Hmm. Without I'm, or I'll die. Well, Next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so between his answer. between Thing nuts, such a nuts for him and, and, and buck with tomatoes. <laughs> That's how you kill people. Uh, unfunniest comedian. Oh, good, great. Oh man, this is great. Where do we start? I, you know, we can go around the table. We could go five rounds, and I'll have one for every round. Someone's but gonna say it, and I'm gonna get mad. I, I'm going to start. I'll, I'll leave the, the the one you mentioned earlier to you. I'm gonna start with Martin Short. Martin Short? Did he actually do stand? Yes. He did. Right. And it wasn't good. Emo Phillips. Oh, God. Is he awful. Google that shit. I got one. Paula Poundstone. Oh, also yeah. bad. Very, very bad. Like, I don't mean to be that guy, but almost every female stand-up comedian oh. is not funny to me. Yikes. Mm, I can see oh, where you're going. But some go, are worse. I'm going to go with Amy Schumer. Oh, I'm, I, I'm with you. She's pretty, fucking terrible. Pretty bad. I laugh at Amy Schumer. Okay. Here's one. Here's one I gotta throw out there, and this is gonna this is gonna be unpopular with most of you. I have a feeling, but maybe it's just his act. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart is not funny. Oh. I just don't I think you guys Kevin really Hart. understand Kevin Hart. Yeah, like he's not really. You're not because really, we're not. Why? I understand Chappelle. Urban. Yeah. I understand yeah. Jamie Foxx, who used to be a comedian. Yes. Why do I not understand Eddie him? Yeah. Richard Pryor. Love Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Chappelle. Dave Chappelle That's and Richard Pryor. Guy. Richard Pryor is a legend. I'll you be can't honest. Really, I thought you, you guys, can't really compare anybody to Richard Pryor. I thought you were going to bring up Chevy Chase, and I thought somebody was going to bring up Dane Cook. Oh, we're not oh, done yet. We're not done yet. We're yeah. not done. Oh yeah, I don't know. We would. Um, where would we leave off? Oh, I just uh, Kevin Hart. So okay, I am going to go with Chevy Chase. Terrible. Chevy Chase is terrible. I don't know if you could ever call Chevy Chase a stand-up comedian. I don't know what he is, but he ain't funny. All right, all right, but live from New York. You, would, you could throw him. He was an improvisational actor, and he wasn't funny as <clears throat> I'll throw one at you guys that you guys are not going to like, uh-huh. probably not going to agree with, because it's an unfunny comedian. I don't think he was a funny comedian, but he was a good artist. Andy Kaufman. Hmm. I, I thought he was funny. Andy Kaufman was hit or miss for me. Like, I liked his foreign guy that turned into Elvis, like a spot-on Elvis. Yeah. Uh, but the Mighty Mouse thing was kind of lame. Yeah, yeah. You know? Funny to him. He was funny to him. Oh, well, that's true. He was art artsy funny. Okay. He was artsy Is funny. that a thing? It, for him, it was. What about, as a stand-up, because, again, I, I his show, fine enough, Ray Romano. Not funny. Yeah. I just funny. I, and then he gets a show and I'm like, ah, oh, okay. I'm not into it. Jeff Dunham. Oh God, yes. The fucking worst. Yes, the worst. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you could throw Jeff Foxworthy in there also too. Also bad. Because he ran one bit over and over, and then he got to be the leader of the Southern yeah, Rat Pack. Who also all just okay. had one Rob, bit. Rob right. Schneider. 
Yeah? Okay. Louis so, C.K. False comeback. Whoa! Wrong. 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 False comebacks, everybody. We've reached oh, false comebacks. We're going to talk about some false comebacks then. So, what's a, so, I just threw all the different parts of a match into that hat. Okay? Okay. Okay. So does anybody have a good story about well, false comebacks? Not, we're going to get a little bit into the, the, the meat of it here. All right? We're going to talk about what makes it. You know? So, false comeback uh, for people who aren't in the know, which if you're listening to this, you probably know everything because you're probably listening for something that you want to hate. Nobody's listening. No, we're not even listening. Um, Hi, Monica. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so, a false comeback is the part in the match when you have somebody into the heat, right? When you're putting the heat on them as a heel, and they get their hope... Up and they get the crowd to rise. And sometimes it is referred to as a hope spot, which I hate. It's not the proper so proper term. Um, and you cut them back off and you go back into the heat. Mm-hmm. Right. So, in your opinion, what makes a good false comeback? What are the what's the piece of it that's important to do? May I? Sure. I think it's when the crowd thinks it's going to go one way, and then you squash their hopes. In the hopes. I, I, I like a false comeback that is more than, and, and it doesn't happen all the time, where it's more than just a one-move rally, where maybe it's like two or three, and then the cutoff again. Right. Because a lot of times, they'll rush that false comeback. It was like, all right, baby face fires up, hits a big move, and then gets cut off right away. I like, because if you build, then maybe you have people thinking this is the come, the real comeback, and then you turn it. So right. that's, A little bit of a longer Yes, spot. that's what I prefer. I'm in agreement with you. Mm-hmm. However, as you get that one, two, maybe even third spot, I like it when the the face cuts himself off as yeah. far as missing a big thing. You know, very like true. Yes, maybe he's overzealous and goes to the top rope and tries something too fast. Yeah, I, I think yeah. People try to speed. I agree, Scott. People try to speed through too quickly. Yeah. I like to lock up and go straight to the powder. Nice. I think uh, I think it was Silas that taught me this. Like it, it, the difference between the false comeback and the actual comeback isn't actually what you do in the comeback because it could be very similar. It's during the false comeback, the face is hitting something. Boom line, boom line, boom line. But they're still selling. selling. They're still feeling the the impact. It becomes the comeback when you get that final moment where they're just like you know they they. Play to the crowd. When they're, when they're un, un, almost unbeatable. That's him. My favorite false comeback, I got this from Vic, is when he wished somebody once, and I'm going to mix some of the pieces up, but you can, you hope somebody has terminal cancer, fights back and survives it, yep. puts it in remission, Yep. then after the cancer, ends up contracting HIV, becomes the first person to ever beat the disease, yep. and on his way to get his award, gets hit by a train. <laughs> You're in the neighborhood. And that's the false comeback. It life. was. I hope they get cancer. Right. Get a full, clean bill of health. Right. And as they're walking out of the doctor's office, they get hit by a bus. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> that's the false comeback. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm not. Who, uh... Who, who ever, who, who had the best false comebacks in the business? Who have you ever seen, like on tape, that you can remember or watched locally, who did that part of the match the best, where they looked like they were coming out of the heat and then they were put right back into it? Mike Thompson. Man, 
Facts, facts. Dude, like, I feel bad because I don't remember the guy's name. And this is this doesn't fully answer your question, but I remember, like, the best sell that I ever saw at that show out in God knows where. The fucking kid with the arm. What was his name? Oh, yeah. Right the, guy, dude. the guy who did the thing and he wore a shirt. Shh, I don't remember. Gregory Iron, Gregory right? The, the arm? No. The kid who fucking injured his arm in the middle. We were doing that tag. Halo? Uh, the Not tag it. tournament. That was the night that we had the fight with, with uh, uh, the other guys outside. His name but, was Josh Callisto. Josh Callisto, thank you. Oh, potato so, goods. Yes, potato goods. <laughs> so, we. <laughs> I, I'm sorry that my memory doesn't work that well, okay, between <laughs> all of the drug abuse and, and, and injuries to the head. But I remember legitimately thinking that dude broke his arm and kept working. Well, you should have thought that because he was selling the wrong fucking arm. Okay. And you don't work the worker. Okay. He should have let you in on the fact that he was okay. I, I don't think I was in on that match. Yeah, you were because it was a gauntlet. And he was taping it as we came out. I remember the injury didn't happen with us, though. It happened with the ha- Beer City Bruisers previously. somebody else. Right. And, it was the Beer City and I remember, And I remember him. We were like, this kid's fucked. That's legit. Absolutely. We, That's we legit. bought it. What about, okay, who was the better seller, Casey Styles or Dirty Ernie? Well, it wasn't Dirty Ernie. <laughs> I'll tell you, you can't help but sell for Dirty Ernie when you stick that armpit in your face. Good. Never in my life have I seen more eye rakes than that six-man tag with Dirty Ernie. God, that will always be... Like, oh, so, you know, yes, it's part of it is the fact that I was never a five-star worker, but I've been in some shit, show, shit storms, and some of them involved, you know, really nice guys like Todd... And some of them involve pieces of crap like dirt here. Mm-hmm. When the show doesn't start for two hours, we're already off to a bad start. And, and when it's delayed because they had to do more midget bowling. Yes. Yeah. And now you know what midget t- tastes like, which is nice. Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. All right. Well, I guess that's what we got for false comebacks. Uh, Ross Family Combo. Is that really in there? Did you write that in there? It's not in there. Rogue House. Rogue House! <laughs> uh, we're talking about the movie? Uh, no. <laughs> this is a story uh, for you. Rogue House. A rogue house. house. Uh, and we'll end it on this. Uh, so one night at an MIAW show, local independent wrestler and bartender Ryan Rogue, or if it's Angel Armani, Ryan Rogues, Rogues yeah. plural, uh, was regaling us with the story of how a fight had broken out at his bar. And in the process, he had beaten up anywhere from three to ninety-three people. <laughs> in the story, this story was ridiculous. Okay, like he came in and he had a cast, and I think it started by one of us going, "Hey, what, what happened?" And he went, "Oh man, I'll tell." So I was talking to this girl, right, and her boyfriend came over, and then like her boyfriend walked away, and he's on the phone. Okay. And then all of a sudden, there's 17 dudes. Six of which were ninjas, <laughs> trained ninjas from Japan. So he's telling us this story about how he's hitting all these dudes and he broke his hand and he kept going and he fought his way out. And it was just him at the end with the girl on a pile of bodies and she was hanging off of his leg. Did he plant the flag? He planted the flag in the middle. 
And I looked over at oh Vic, and I went, Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. Nick suck, Met suck, Yankee suck. But see, he, he heard his <laughs> own story. Because we know from watching independent wrestling that ninjas aren't that tough. That's accurate. I mean, <laughs> have you ever accurate. seen a ninja win a wrestling match? I have not. Except for Super Ninja Go and the AWA. Right. Um, my question is, why so many ninjas? Like in wrestling in general. Oh, why so why? many? Well, because I think part of the reason is ninja work is kind of running low. Like, people aren't hiring ninjas like they used to. That's fair. So they have to take their skills somewhere else. For a legitimate answer, it's because kids love ninjas. Little boys love ninjas. That's pretty accurate. And for the record, I, I want to say that Ryan Rogue was always very nice to me. And I have no doubt that he could handle himself in a one-on-one fight. But the story he told us was just too absurd for anyone to believe. <laughs> he was also the first ever Monarch of the Mat. Like, he basically watched License to Kill with Steven Seagal the night before, and then told us what happened. Like, I don't want to interrupt what you said was going to be the last story, but speaking of ninjas, can I point out how great... Uh, uh, it used to be Ultimate Fighting used to be back in the day when you could watch like Sumo Guy versus Ninja Guy mm-hmm. or Army Guy versus Oh back when UFC okay. didn't have any rules and you yeah. could, just, yeah. and you could yeah. punch a guy in the nuts yeah. 19 like, times straight <laughs> yeah <laughs> now like it's all everybody's the master of all styles of combat except for we, we need some crap guy guys in there but uh, back in the day oh, <laughs> back in the day it used to be you had a certain style so you got to see whether or not army guy could beat wrestler guy and shit like that. Like Dan Severn was there fucking mopping the floor with people because you're fighting a boxer and as soon as you take him down on the mat, there was a whole different world. I loved that. If somebody could just edit and trim that shit down to an entertaining human cockfighting. That's what it was. It's it was human cockfighting. I well, missed that. Butterbean would have been really good in that. No, he wouldn't. Butterbean did that. He did. Yeah. yeah. Butterbean didn't make him good at it. <laughs> So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our Spotlight in the Squared Circle segment where we highlight local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Yeah. Yes, I'll take my eggs over easy, and I'll take my podcast. Podcast, Deach and Dash. That's right, the Deach and Dash podcast hosted by me, Gorgeous Jordy Lee, available via the Grapple Talk Network. It's about to get weird. We're going to talk some wrestling, maybe, some life, probably, and I'm definitely going to ask whether you prefer ketchup or mustard. Catch us via the Grapple Talk Network and wherever iPods are available to you. iPods or podcasts? God, I'm the worst. Hey guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out The Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. 
Hey everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out well i think you know what i think this is a good a good way to, to end episode one i agree because we really petered out at the end and we well it's about topics like that hat is like i'm serious there's like 10 episodes at least in it maybe more because we only got through five of those pieces of paper and what would you say there's 300 in there six pieces of paper okay six pieces there's a lot in there yeah so we've got like if We've got 40 episodes left, and who knows what's going to come. I've seen some of the things that went in that hat, and it comes from some of the darkest places you can imagine. So we'll get to some of that on our next episode, which we don't know when it's going to drop, as they say in the DJ world, but it'll it'll be soon. Yeah. So It's 1037 right now, so you want to meet up 8 o'clock tonight then, Lane? Or? Sounds good. <laughs> Just two of us now. Lane really needs this. There you go. <laughs> All right. Victor Stick Ross. Jack Spade, Prodigy, Hotshot Scott Williams. It is the Ross Family Matters Podcast. We'll see you next time. Come on, my God!